Welcome to Grace and Peace Radio. I'm Anthony. And I'm Amy. And together, we talk about applying God's Word to everyday life. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. It's our hope that you will be encouraged and God will be glorified. And with that, let's start the show. Believe it or not, (laughs) we're back. Ta-da! At least for today. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, uh, welcome back to Grace and Peace Radio. I am still your host, Anthony. And I'm still your host, Amy. And we are delighted to to be with you. Yes. You know, we took this sabbatical time off thing because I'm in the middle of doing a yet another degree. I'm, I'm doing an MBA and it was just too crazy with, with everything going on to try to produce the show and edit it and all, all that stuff that goes with it. So, but frankly, we missed it. We really did. We, we missed doing the show. We missed doing the show together. We missed talking to you. And uh, so I thought, hey, you know what? Uh, let's uh, let's try to record one. Mm-hmm. And we hope that you all come back. Yeah. Anyway, as always, feel free to email us, show at Grace and Peace Radio. We just get that out of the way. If you have any comments or anything, uh, ideas, show at Grace and Peace Radio. And we trust that you are doing well. And if you are in the Lord, we know that you are. So, mm-hmm. And despite whatever circumstances that he may have you in, uh, we know that all of it is for your good and his glory. And just know that he is, he holds you in the palm of his hand. Amen. Uh, this week I thought I would just share something. You know, I, I love reading through the same Bible uh, year after year because then I get to see the notes of what I wrote last time, you know, or sometime before or whatever. And as I was reading through Leviticus this morning, I saw notes from uh, one of the the previous times that I read through it. I thought, well, that would be pretty cool to share with everybody. So today we're going to be talking in Leviticus about the God who forgives. And just a couple of things that I noted in there. Now, I know, Amy... Do you have, do you sometimes find it hard to read through Leviticus? Yes. As do I, and I think Mm -hmm. really a lot of us do. Well, there's always the joke might be a little too, joke might be a little too much, but, you know, we encourage someone to read the Bible and they get through Genesis and Exodus and kind of fade out in Leviticus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just because there's a lot there. Uh, Absolutely. I guess... If you want to think of it one way, uh, you know, I'm not a I'm not a Tour de France person, uh, but there's that I guess there's that stage or those stages where there's this incline mm-hmm. or even in the Boston Marathon, you know, there's the the incline there. True. It's kind of like that, you know, Genesis, you coast, there's just a lot of stories, you know, there's some generations, but then you get past that and there's Exodus and again, more stories and and then you get into the law and the Lord laying down, you know, giving the law and, and all that goes with it. And you get into Leviticus and then it's just that incline of, Mm -hmm. okay, well, this is important. It was important then. It's important now. And it's important now uh, for different reasons, obviously, but still there's a learning curve there. Mm -hmm. And actually, you know, you think about it, there was a learning curve for the nation, this new nation of Israel. That's really what Leviticus is. That's a very is. good point because they they were learning to be a nation. They were learning that they 
were God's chosen. They were learning that they certainly weren't chosen because they were big or special. God just chose them because God is God and in his sovereignty. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that, that I try to think about when I read through Leviticus. In fact, I wrote something a few years back about reading through Leviticus and the three C's. I'm not really an alliteration guy. No. But as it happened, (laughs) there were three C's about it. And when I read through Leviticus, I try to keep in mind just what we're talking about, the context. Okay. And just trying to imagine, okay, this is this new nation. And the Lord, you know, they're they're now learning who the Lord is, this mighty Lord who delivered them. True. This great God who delivered them. And, and now he's with them in this pillar of in this cloud and the fire and tells them about the tabernacle and how to be, how to worship and all of these things. So they're learning about the Lord and who he is. So I just try to put myself in that context of, okay, this is where I'm at. So that's one thing. That's good. Uh, another thing to keep in mind, if you, if you're struggling through, through reading Leviticus consecration, this mm. idea that, Yes, there are a lot of rules and regulations, and you know we see the, the the priesthood and the people. All of them signify this idea of being wholly devoted to the Lord. W H O L L Y, wholly devoted to the Lord, uh, which is really the intent of the word holy mm-hmm. is to be separated. H O L Y. So it's to be consecrated. So here in Leviticus, we're what we're reading, as sometimes dry as it is to us to to read through the sacrifices or you know read through this stuff to in, in our culture and the rules, it, it's it is God consecrating them and setting them apart and and teaching them and making them a, a unique people on the planet, right? That they didn't that, that no other nation had these kinds of of rules of worship rules of society rules of all of it mm-hmm. this these these kinds of laws mm-hmm. so they were being consecrated to be a light and a witness to the world this is something ultimately that they they fail at mm-hmm. but nevertheless at this point in the story in the in the panorama of god's plan this is the intent and then thirdly uh, which gets us to this point is the third C is Christ that obviously we're we're seeing all of these things that are just signs and symbols and and types that foreshadowings that point to Christ like in Leviticus chapter 9 we see that the first animals slaughtered for the sins of the people under these new rules of the the priesthood and the intervention you know the priestly intervention and atonement mm-hmm and so on, and, and over the next, you know, whatever it is, thousand years or whatever, uh, you know, millions of, of animals would be slaughtered to, and sacrificed to atone for the sins of the people as a covering, not right. a, not a perfect atonement, but Correct. as a but as a covering, mm-hmm. until of course, Christ. Again, it's like the old the old hymn: "What can wash away my sin? Nothing, Nothing but, the, but blood. the blood of Jesus." Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so that's what Leviticus is pointing to, this imperfect thing of, of these sacrifices. 
but and all. What, yeah, of what must be done over and over again, and mm-hmm. yet it doesn't take away the sin completely. Right, exactly. So those are just some, some things to keep in mind as we read through Leviticus. And the one thing that I wanted to share that I thought was pretty cool about this idea of the God who forgives as you read through Leviticus in chapters 4 and 5 and even into chapter 6, we see, we see it, I think, one time. God is giving them instructions about what to do when someone sins unintentionally. And then later on, there's, there's intentional sins of if someone doesn't speak up. And like and testify or whatever when they when they should oh, right. about an injustice or mm-hmm. things like that. What's interesting to me is, uh, I think I counted eight times in the passages, like starting in uh, chapter four, verse twenty six. It goes through. Like, I'll just read 20 through 26 as an example. When a leader sins unintentionally and does what is forbidden in any of the commands of the Lord his God, he is guilty. When he is made aware of the sin he has committed, he must bring as his offering a male goat without defect. He is to lay his hand on the goat's head and slaughter it at the place where the burnt offering is slaughtered before the Lord. It is a sin offering. Then the priest shall take some of the blood of the sin offering with his finger and put it on the horns of the altar of the burnt offering, of burnt offering, rather, the altar of burnt offering, and pour out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. He shall burn all the fat on the altar as he burned the fat of the fellowship offering. In this way, the priest will make atonement for the man's sin and he will be forgiven." That same pattern continues right. for the next bits in the over the next couple chapters. But the note in my Bible that I wanted to share today is I circled that the last five words there, and he will be forgiven. And it occurs there. It occurs in verse thirty-one. It occurs in verse where is it? Uh, 35 and then in chapter 5 it occurs in verse 10 and he will be forgiven it occurs in verse I believe it's 13 and he will be forgiven verse 16 and he will be forgiven verse 18 and he will be forgiven and then flipping into Leviticus 6 I believe the last time it occurs is in verse 7, and he will be forgiven. And again, the, what I wrote was, what beautiful five words. Mm-hmm. The idea that, I mean, think about it. Here is a person who sins against God, who is holy, holy, holy. God who reveals himself in in you know darkness and cloud and fire on top of Sinai, uh, the God to whom the the people were so afraid of that they say to Moses, 
No, you speak for him. We, we, we don't want, we can't hear him. We, we don't want to hear him. Right. He is that holy, that awesome. And they were that overwhelmed. That over, yeah, they're that overwhelmed. And yet they, they sin against him. They break his law. Now, again, this idea that, I mean, technically God should wipe all of us out. Mm-hmm. And yet the Lord made this way, this temporal way through these sacrifices. And just this idea that, that God would pronounce him forgiven or her forgiven. Right. And just, and you and I have talked about this before, the idea with the Israelites in this time is God was literally with them. Mm -hmm. I mean, they saw him on the plagues, you know, what he did with the plagues in in Egypt. They, these are still part of the tribe that saw the Red Sea part. And God is right there in the cloud and in the fire, whether it's Mm -hmm. day or night, right there with them. And yet they still sin. Yeah. So, of course, the application for us. I hope none of us who are in Christ ever stop marveling at the idea that, I mean, all of my sin, intentional and unintentional, Mm -hmm. Christ bore all the punishment of my sin. He was the sacrifice for my sin. He shed his blood for my sin and for your sin. And it's it's like, if I could say it this way, the Father knew all who would come to Christ, all, all the elect. Mm-hmm. And the Father looks at Jesus on the cross and then looks at us, all the elect, and says, and he will be forgiven. It's pretty amazing. I mean, it's... It should be overwhelming to us each time we think of that, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of just what that was. Right. And is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and just just last week, you know, because I read some Old Testament, some New Testament, some Psalms, some Proverbs every day because I go through those, the one-year Bible. And I told you this last week, I was reading through the crucifixion, Matthew's account Mm -hmm. of the crucifixion. And again, I mean, that's a, familiar passage obviously and it occurred to me as i was reading it in the the part where they offered jesus wine mixed with gall and it says he tasted it and he refused it right and i thought the idea was that the wine was mixed with myrrh and it was supposed to be like a an an anesthetic Anesthetic. Yeah. yeah and it was supposed to dull the pain and the idea was you would get the get the crucifixion victim drunk so that the the agony would be less. It would mm-hmm. be dulled. It would be you know muted or whatever you want to call it. And I read that and I thought, you know, humanly speaking, what a man! I mean, what a man's man mm-hmm. that 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 Jesus was offered the opportunity to have his senses dulled at the pain, the, just the physical pain of the crucifixion, not to mention bearing the full wrath of God, not to mention the, the alienation, the separation right. from the Father. But 
to have just a little bit of, I don't know, mercy or whatever to, to dull the pain. And yet he said, no, he turned it down and, and he's on full. Right. And he said, no, I'm, I'm taking all of this undiluted, undulled, all of it. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, for all the, the criticism of, or the ways that sometimes even within evangelicalism or progressive Christianity, they paint Jesus as this effeminate mm -hmm. man or whatever. No way. Neither was he the chest thumping macho man that, you know, that, that caricature that's right. wrong too. Right. But I mean, man, Hey, you know, he, he refused it. And I just thought, that's that's godly manhood. I mean, that's a pattern of biblical manhood. Mm -hmm. And wow, you know. Anyway, the point is that through him, you and I, and you, listener, you know, if, if you're in Christ, we can say, you know, and he will be forgiven, it applies to us. Right. And it's something we can keep in mind. One, this is the importance of, of reading your Bible and reading all of it every year, you know, mm -hmm. however long it takes you, but reading it because it is these bits that come out each time you read it that you may have missed before. And something you can keep in mind as, you know, what Anth has pointed out, and he will be forgiven. What I try to keep in mind in Leviticus is that it does point us to Christ. Um, one of the things I keep in mind is the orderliness of Leviticus, the order that God has. Um, he's not a, a God, not a God of chaos. And so the orderliness of ourselves in our living, of our churches, um, of our worship, orderliness. But then there's also the bigger picture the bigger point of this is what the Israelites had to do and did for hundreds of years, and Christ did it once for all. Amen. Yeah. Yep. It, it's, it, I know they say you shouldn't have radio silence, <laughs> but again, the idea is to meditate on those words, to think about mm -hmm. those words, and he will be forgiven and that God says it over and over and over in this situation, in that situation, in that situation. How could you not be silent in awe of the of the mercy of God and the the grace and the love of Christ to pour Himself out like that, fully undiluted. Fully. Mm -hmm. And let me just say too, if if you don't know Jesus and you're not taking advantage of of this, you have no hope of salvation. What could you possibly do? to be reconciled to God more than what Christ did on your behalf. Nothing. Exactly. So stop wasting time. Stop trying alternate things or stop thinking you don't need some kind of atonement for your sin mm -hmm. and take the only atonement, the only escape that you have and flee to Christ and plead his blood on your behalf and repent and believe this good news and stop trying to do it by your own works. Because you cannot clean yourself up for Christ. Right. 
not possible. Yeah, it's it's just amazing. There was something else I was going to say about this, but obviously we went another direction and then my brain went one way and the (laughs) thought went the other. As often happens. As often happens. Yep. Uh. So anyway, I just wanted to, to share that with everyone. And again, praise God, mm-hmm. really, is the the upshot of the whole thing. Absolutely. We should, you know, each time we, we read the word, and I have to remind myself of this as well, that we should exalt in the Lord, in, in what he's given us, the mercy he's shown us, the patience he has with us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. In offering us this salvation. Yep, exactly. Before we go, I wanted to share a couple things. Amy, Amy, you've been busy, haven't you? <laughs> a little bit. What What have you been up to, Amy? <laughs> well, my my friend Mel Batost over in thir- at Thoroughly Equipped Podcast. Also what- part of the Christian podcast community. Right. Mm-hmm. She was kind enough to ask me to co-host with her on a book that we had read called uh, Biblical Womanhood. Radical, radical Womanhood. Radical Womanhood. There we go. I had to think about it by um, Carolyn McCulley, and it's a book that I had read a few years ago. Recently read, was touting it to Melba, and uh, she had read it, so we decided to to do a two-part because we enjoy talking with one another and we were so excited about the book and what it entails that it ended up being a two-part podcast. So um, I appreciate Melba Toast for inviting me on. It was a lot of fun and I do encourage you to listen to her podcast, not just the one with me in it, but um, all of hers because she's very, very good at teaching women discernment. Mm-hmm. on what's out there mm-hmm. and we do feel that this is an important book that i think all women especially young women uh, this deals with how feminism has is just part of our culture and so many christian women don't even know the history of the background with it and how it's it's affecting their life now without them even really realizing it right. so and what makes it interesting uh, it, it it's a great two-part listen what makes it interesting is, number one, you walk through the history of feminism, as she outlines it in the book, and, and mm-hmm. so on. But then also, I guess there's three things. The second thing is, from your perspective, as an older Christian, mm-hmm. uh, not just in the faith, but older in life, and then Melissa's, as a younger woman, you know, right. younger family age, uh, mm-hmm. you know, mom age kind of thing, mm-hmm. Um so you have these different age, life stage perspectives, right? but yet you both arrive at the same mm-hmm. points uh, about the weaknesses of feminism. And then thirdly, you, you personally got, you know, part of your testimony is getting saved out of that. Correct. Feminism. And that's, I think that's why that book struck me as much as it did and that I felt it was really important still do mm-hmm. because uh, you actually read and had to study for graduate, some of those things and yep in my and graduate programs writers and so forth yeah mm-hmm. and obviously before I was saved and because I wasn't saved till later on so it's it's important it's important stuff yeah so 
check that out. And, and obviously, Melba Toast is not her real name. That's just kind of a, a silly name. Uh, her real name is French Toast. <laughs> and it's not a silly name. It's a family thing. No, I know. Uh, well, I was setting that up for the... For the French Toast, I get the French it. French Toast. I get it. It's all about the setup. I'm sorry. That's I all right. I messed up the No, setup. you didn't. No, you didn't. <laughs> uh, no, uh, her name is Melissa. Yes. But anyway, uh, I, that was all just for the joke. Yeah. But now, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention real quick was not only to go back and listen to those, but this Thursday, what's going on? This Thursday, uh, the live program, Apologetics, Apologetics Live, live yep. okay, with Andrew Rappaport, mm-hmm. uh, asked Melissa and I to come on and discuss feminism and its... Uh, work in us whether we realize it or not as well as you know infiltrating the church to a certain extent and so we're going to be doing that thursday from eight to ten right so now now the interesting thing to me about that so you've got melissa and amy and andrew rapaport for two hours it'll be if nothing else people here's why you should tune into apologetics Uh-oh. live on thursday <laughs> Because it's Andrew's show, and Andrew himself, you know, he's a talker. <laughs> he likes to talk. He, he's a, he's great at podcasting. He's gifted at what he does. But is he even going to be able to say anything <laughs> between Amy and Melissa talking about this topic? Oh. Christians shouldn't gamble, but I'm... <laughs> Magic you know, eight ball. Vegas, Vegas is running some odds on this as to how much how much airtime Andrew is actually going to get. Now, now for the listeners, Anthony has listened to Mel- Melba and I talk, and so he knows how he can get going. It's fun when we're yeah, yeah. when we're um, passionate on a topic. So yep, it's it, it's fun and engaging and informative. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I'm looking forward to it. So and and it's actually it's live and it's on video. Correct. Right. Yep. So, so. apologetics live. Uh, yep. Just look for it in the Christian podcast community, or just subscribe to the Christian podcast community RSS feed on your favorite podcast player, and you'll get it right to your device. So anyway, and say some prayers for us. Yeah, please. You know, we we really do. I mean, we like to laugh and and kid about it, but. Uh, both Melissa and I are both wanting to edify and glorify the Lord or edify the folks on and women specifically on discernment and such. Uh, but we want to honor and glorify the Lord in it as well. So um, we want to do well with it. Amen. Well, again, it really is great to catch up with you. And thanks again so much for letting us into your headphones, yes, into exactly. your car, into your office, your office, your jog, whatever it is that you're mm-hmm. doing when you listen to us. Um, and thank you for your patience with us mm-hmm. as we had this bit of time. Yep. So the Lord bless you this week. Again, thanks so much. And Lord willing, we will talk to you. Hopefully next hopefully week. Hopefully next week. <laughs> thank you all. God bless you. Bye-bye. Grace and Peace Radio is honored to be a member of the Christian Podcast Community and the Society of Reformed Podcasters. For more information, visit us at graceandpeaceradio.com or on Facebook. Until next time, I'm your host, Anthony Russo, 
and Jesus changed my life.